on set. Uh. Now sit back, relax, and listen to some real talk. Now sit back, relax, and listen to some real talk. You are now listening to Unspoken Words Podcast. Hey, yeah. Should have got that teepee water. Unspoken Words. Episode 138, The Changing Your Life by Opening New Doors episode. Hey! Hey. We got it out. Got it out. (laughs) All one breath. I like that. Did you like that? That's what I was waiting for, bro. TP water uh, hey. from the diaphragm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Straight happy from the day. <laughs> oh, happy day. <laughs> oh, happy day. When Jesus washed. Oh, when he washed. When he washed. <laughs> <laughs> them high notes. Oh, ho, ho. <laughs> guys got his, them Lauren here. warmed up. <laughs> them Lauren here. <laughs> hey, Unspoken Words episode 138 is in the house. Yeah. And over here to my left, all the way from L. Jesus. He's number 83 in the place to be. The pod Gotti, Randy B. Say, okay, hey. And he ain't even trying to preach, y'all. <laughs> Two times, co-champion. <laughs> and over here to my right, all the way from Bob Wood, nine no nine no nine no. He is your favorite Indian, your ace, your hoe in one, JCB. Say it's a good day to die. It's a good day to be indigenous. Oh, and across the way from me tonight, special guest, first time in the house, Toby Wolf Black. Yo, what to do? What to do? Up, what up? Where do you hail from? Oh. Woo! <laughs> hey. <laughs> Anything else? Can I talk now? <laughs> wait, 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 wait. No. Uh, where do you hail from, sir? Linder, Montana. Hey, LD in the house. And we're going to get into a little bit more of Toby's story a little bit later. But you know me, Mo Hugs, not drugs, all the way from up the road in Arrow Creek. Ahoo. 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 Little big man. Uh, Two little big men Well we're here We are definitely here Oh yes we are um, What do you guys think about that gentleman's sweep? Mm, I told you I told you You did I said a clean sweep right? Yeah yeah. I said five I'll give him one Yeah I said yeah I said clean sweep If they didn't it was going to be a gentleman's sweep Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, but I was I thought it was gonna be a definite sweep. Do you think so? Some of the t- headlines going into Game Five where there's a new dynasty. Do you think that's gonna be? I hope so. Uh, I, I think they're gonna be right up in the mix. Um, if they win another one, then I'll start talking like that. But okay, you know they kind of said that about uh, Giannis and them, and they lost out in the first round. But Giannis ain't Joker. I know. Dog, like I'm a like when we shot the group chat, right? Like, and I go, man, I'm a fan. Like, I'm literally a fan of this guy now. Like, yeah, because he does it. Like, man, he knows what play to make at what time. Like, if he needs to be passing Joker, like that's who he is. If he needs yeah. to be, you know, the shooting Joker, that's who he is. Mm-hmm. Like, but man, I really, bro, like he makes everybody better. 
and he does it so easy. And it's like what you said when you said you watched him play against uh, the T-Wolves. Like it wasn't even a flashy triple-double. He just went out there and was contributing, contributing. Then at the end of the game, I'm like, what? He had a triple-double? Yeah, like, bro, like that. Yeah. Like he's so good, you know? It's not even flashy. Yeah, I like that. So that, that was pretty good. I was watching some uh, earlier footage of him when he was like 19 and playing on the international team. He was actually playing with Jamal on that team. Um, but his footwork. Even back then, he was just, like, um, tearing people up. Like, he was, like, the slowest one. Yeah. Couldn't jump as high as everybody else, but he was just, like, tearing them up. And they even asked him at that age, at 19, they said, how are you able to do this? And he said, just fundamentals. Damn. NBA, it's fundamental. <laughs> 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 What's that one on? Did you ever see those old school commercials? That's what you reminded me of. Yeah, that's uh, fundamental. It's <laughs> fundamental. Mm, WNBA. Have you guys watched any WNBA? Couple. I haven't. I watched a few of those games, but I like I, this is one of those ones that I won't go looking for it. But if it's on, <laughs> I'll check it out. Yeah. Word. But you know what I did do? I tried to watch Avatar. Uh huh. Way of Water. Yeah. And bro, they lost me at that about twenty five minutes in. I just couldn't do it. How come? Because of all their war cries and fake Lulus and people of the forest. But check this out. Though. So, so that was like on Sunday. I think it was Sunday evening when I tried to watch it. So last night. Yeah. Yesterday I was at work and this girl was telling me, oh, yeah, I just now watched it. So last night it came on again. Yeah. And there's nothing on. No basketball. You know, Red Sox weren't on TV. So I watched it. I sat there and forced myself to watch the whole thing. Yeah. And. God, I just after watching that Real Engines uh, documentary, oh yeah, yeah, I can't see it the same, right? Like, okay, look, first of all, let me start off by saying if people out there like it, mm-hmm. that's cool, man, because it's a fun, it's cool to watch, like, yeah. The, the, oh, yeah. the effects and stuff, yeah, yeah. But man, trying to sit there, sit through that, and I'm like, oh, just gritting. That was that to me was like the. Regalia of movies. <laughs> like I just grit my teeth. <laughs> I just gritted my teeth through the whole thing, and then they got blue Indians, and then all of a sudden they got blue like Some Islanders too. Yeah, yeah, I'm like, man, blue Islanders. These guys have no shame. And it- <laughs> all right, that's exactly what I was thinking. It was just like. Plains natives, and then they go and kick you with the Samoans. Kick I wonder if they're related to the Blue Man group. <laughs> I don't know. I've but seen I the Blue Man. Their ancestors. <laughs> it was just, and then there was really like really, really cheesy ass parts in there, and I, oh, I can't do it, bro. I mean, it's yeah. cool to watch it. Like yeah, if, you, yeah. if you enjoy it, then you know, do you. But ah, oh, man, I just felt, I just felt appropriated. Okay. Man. What about you? You watch uh, Avatar? Yeah, I watched that stuff in 3D, man. The best part is probably the end when I fell asleep. <laughs> <laughs> like that, huh? <laughs> it was right, right after work, man. Right after work, man. I was so tired, but it was a good movie, though. I liked the 3D experience, and yeah, okay. I liked it. And, and I'm so glad like you guys didn't have to watch it with me, because like, remember at the end when they're all on that rock? and When they all die? And when that, no, when I'm that, just kidding. Kid, <laughs> Spoiler alert. They all die at the end. <laughs> when they're, and he goes, a son for a son. And I said, bullshit. <laughs> Get the out of here, man. Was it corny? It was just cheesy, oh, bro. Oh, man. 
You think so? I thought so. I mean, uh, look, look, there was good parts in it, and there was like just really cheesy parts. But all in all, I could not get over the fact that I watched that documentary before I ever watched this. Yeah. And after I watched the first one. Uh-huh. And then so I'm like, yeah, I see what you're saying. What's uh-huh. the documentary called? It's called Real Engines. It's on... Uh, Right, you've talked about it before. Real, like R E A L or no, R E E L? Yeah, like Nate, uh, how they depict natives in the in, in film. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's on uh, Prime. Okay. Yeah. So if you guys want to give it a good watch, and you'll never watch anything the same again. No, oh, no, I don't know exactly what you mean. I mean, it was cringeworthy some of those parts, um, but uh, I like the show. Yeah, I mean, yeah, 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 yeah but it's overall, it's it's decent. I think but. Uh, I don't know. I think just the, my like for the show and like the action and like the whole futuristic stuff, um, <clears throat> probably look overlooked a lot of that stuff. But yeah. I, I mean, there's definitely scenes in the first one and the second one where it was like cringeworthy. I was like, Ugh. Yeah. But then you know what? I, I got to admit too, I probably went in there a little biased anyway. Yeah, like I wanted to hate it. Yeah, but I could but see you're that. looking forward to hating it. I'm looking forward hey, to hating it. Like pissy. Yeah, I just went in there with a pissy attitude. Yeah. But um, should have left it at the. But door. I will say, you know, <laughs> no, that's funny. I watched a document. Sorry, good, cool. Go but I watched a documentary yesterday, and uh, it was about Boosie. Boosie was being interviewed, mm. uh, the rapper or whatever. But he oh. was talking about uh, Pimp C, another rapper who passed on. And he's like, man, if Pimp C was still alive, man, we'd be arguing with everybody. That guy, you know, because yeah. he, uh, he's talking about like kind of like what you're talking about, like keeping it real, right? Like you're, like you don't like how that is, you know? Yeah. And, and and I think it's hard, like especially for people in our age group, like to be okay with some of the things that we see, with the knowledge that we gained, right? Oh, yeah, true. Yeah, yeah. Like you know, like the way I liken it is like, man, like the stereotypical Native American. Yeah. Like what they think of us yeah, rather exactly. than like what we really are. Okay, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So like how you're feeling, like I can't watch those older like Dances with Wolves and those type of movies because of that. Yeah. Yeah. Like because of what you're everything you're saying, all that appropriation stuff that happened there. Like I, I can't sit down and watch those movies anymore. Because <clears throat> I'm like cringing like oh this Son of the Morning Star, have you watched that one? I don't think so. Watch it. Okay. There are a lot of local natives in there. Mm. I think, um, yeah, there are a couple of Lodge Guys people and everything in there. Our local brothers are in there? Yeah. But mm. then, then when they're trying to teach them how to sing Mary Had a Little Lamb. Yeah. And then they have those little Indian kids in the back and they act like they can't read or they don't know what's going on. Yeah. <laughs> they're singing that song. Oh, really? Yeah. i never seen it. So. It's a miniseries. Oh, okay. It was on, like, ABC back then, wasn't it? Like, PBS or something? I can't remember what channel. It was a free channel. Yeah. A free right, like on network TV. Mm. Cable. But, well, <laughs> you know, I, I got to be honest. Like, if it, When it comes, because it's on HBO, that's where I watch it, yeah. that, that movie. But if, if it came on again, then I'd be like, okay, I'm going to turn this on and make fun of it. But I'd probably <laughs> sit there and watch it, you know? Yeah. And then, then I mean, I ain't trying to hate, but. I just couldn't. But you get are. But, but I, you <laughs> are. At the end of the you day, you can't talk your way out of this one. You, know, you already said what you said. I'm gonna call you out. <laughs> but yeah, there was. It was. I know a hater when I see one. <laughs> the hater of the year word goes to <laughs> your favorite Indian. <laughs> hater of the year words. Thank you. Thank you. 
<laughs> I'd like to accept this award on behalf of all traditional Indians who are keeping it real. Us grassroots natives. All those dressed in their regalia tonight. <laughs> all that buckskin. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone that's in their costumes tonight. <laughs> Everybody who's wearing a full-on costume, buckskin costumes. They weren't playing Indian; they were living Indian. <laughs> oh man! You know what? That's one that I don't. I don't know, man. Like, I guess for the time, yeah, that it's it is kind of it's pretty bad. It is pretty bad. <laughs> but, I, but I don't think of it the same way as the other ones. I don't know why. Maybe it's just kind of a nostalgia, yeah, nostalgia thing. Yeah, you never seen that, that one, intention? huh? What's that, little big man? Mm, I don't think so. Oh, oh man, I thought oh, I had to watch that one because that's that's who. That's remember, who I was telling about? you about it. They they uh, Cheyenne's find him him and his sister on the. Oh uh, right, right, right. On, yeah, the, yeah. on the prairie yeah. <laughs> after the Pawnee massacre, his after, family. Yeah, yeah, they they took him in and then. He was raised by old Lodge Skins. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <clears throat> Let's play a little game, and then we'll get into the main topic. Put Toby on the hot seat. <clears throat> <laughs> All right, so we're going to go to our tried and true right now to tell a story. Uh, we each go around, say a sentence. We'll keep the story going as long as we can until we all we can't do it anymore or it gets cheap. <laughs> <laughs> So, um, all right, let's get a premise going. So it's, um, oh, oh, you're headed to a garage sale. Okay. <laughs> it's a uh, Saturday morning and it's already a hundred degrees and you're headed to a garage sale. Already all that? sweaty in the car. <laughs> yeah. Your AC's out. <laughs> oh! You're already, you're angry. Your anger uh, thermometer is already yeah. above your eyes. You're already sticking to the seats. Oh, oh, yeah. oh, cool. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. That's the premise. Ooh, ooh. Go ahead. Go for it. And it was already hot and muggy. Looking for the best. Um, best things I can buy for cheap. When I came across this rundown trailer house with lots of stuff outside. And I thought to myself, I wonder if they have a hot dog maker. (laughs) And I started digging through the collectibles. I think I found it. I wonder if they accept food stamps. (laughs) (laughs) So I asked the lady that was there, do you accept food stamps? And she turned and looked at me and she looked exactly like my ex. And in that same voice, she said, 40 for 20. <laughs> Bagger and Tiger. I want it. <laughs> <laughs> so I got the hot dog maker, but it turns out it wasn't even a hot dog maker. It was a corn dog maker, but I was still happy. Because all I had were the dogs. <laughs> well, let's go home because I'm hungry. <laughs> we'll worry about the corn later. <laughs> <laughs> then 
I stopped at the store to get some sticks, <laughs> and there was my ex. <laughs> and she said, I always knew you were a simple man. <laughs> simple and sweet, you know me. Let's go home and make some corn dogs. <laughs> 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 Let's go <laughs> some corn dogs. <laughs> oh, that was pretty good. Pretty good. Should we do one more? Or what do you Let's guys try it again. Let's try, try it one again. more time. All right. Great. You come up with a premise. Okay. <clears throat> you're going to. Okay. So you're gassing up, getting ready to go to the ultimate warrior challenge. Oh, on my way out of town, I stopped at Town Pump. So I always wanted a Pepsi in Harden. <laughs> <laughs> I needed to get hydrated before I went to the Ultimate Warrior. I also grabbed some pizza sticks because I wanted to be energized. And I thought to myself, Harden has the best ice. <laughs> Man, I don't know if I can follow up with that one. But when I got the cup of ice, it was already halfway melted. And there was this street chief. He asked me to buy him some tokens. And I said no. Said no, not you again. <laughs> I thought I told you last time I wasn't gonna do this again. He said, "But you told me you love me, remember?" <laughs> <laughs> so I told him, "I have no cash, just this meat." <laughs> <laughs> the pizza stench. <laughs> That one's over. That was over. That was over. All right. Fine, then. <laughs> no, this I one said, I love you spiritually. <laughs> <laughs> I love you in the Lord. Um, yes. No, there's one time I was in Hardin. Actually, I like, had a funeral and we had to drive through town to go to that cemetery. Mm-hmm. And anyway, I was like in the convoy and we had to stop at this stop sign. And there's like some of those street guys that are just sitting there by that stop sign. I had my window down, smoking a cigarette. And that guy was like, hey, you got a dollar? And I looked out the window. I said, nah, man, I don't got no cash. He said, all right, then. He's like, I love you. And I was like, uh, I love you, too. And then they all busted out <laughs> laughing. <laughs> it was funny. You had to be there. <laughs> you had to be there. <laughs> I love you, too. Huh? I was like, I, I love you, too, street chief. It's kind of funny. It's amazing, like, how they... Find the funny and everything, huh? Oh yeah, man. It just seems like they're having a good old time. <laughs> I know, I'm like they're probably they probably didn't expect you to say that. Hey. I know. They're like, good as you All hung over. Yeah. I actually knew who one of them was. I was gonna ask him next time I see him, but I haven't seen him around. It's been a few years now. All right, DJ, once you're done slamming that, we can get into our main topic. 
That teepee water. Oh, yeah. Teepee water. Yeah. Anyway. Okay. Yeah, we're all warmed up now. So, DJ, if you're ready, why don't you hit me with that beat? Yo, let's get into our topic. Yo, let's get into our topic. All right, all right, all right, all right. Here we go in episode 138. Man, that's crazy, man. 138. Every week's a new record. (laughs) (laughs) In a row. In a row. I see what you did there. (laughs) Bro. Milestones every week. That's what I was saying. Like, when I was uh, on my way over here, I was talking about, like, man, almost three years. I know, man. We're already, like, Halfway in June. Halfway through the third. Yeah. Yeah, just six more months. Not even six months, bro. Like four months. Like five Cause months. Because we were in a Were we at the end of? Oh, five months. Yeah, June, five months. Or November. November, yeah. It was towards the end of November or the beginning of November? Beginning. It was before yeah. Thanksgiving. It was like it was the first the week on, like November 5th. 5th. Oh. Yeah. Three years. Three snows. <laughs> Three snows ago. Uh, Three snows ago. Pawnee stole them. That winter was cold. <laughs> See, that one kind of didn't bother me until I thought about it just now. <laughs> what? what? Three snows, or you know, when he was talking? Yeah. And the way they have to, what, you can't do. I know what, or did you ever watch? Um, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> ever, no, when he no, was talk, when they were talking about stealing his horses, but uh, what the heck yeah. is that? Um, Old woman oh, beat? Wagon's East, that movie. I haven't watched it. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that that white dude really goes up to that that chief, and we come or we're headed or we're going to the land of the rising sun. He goes, skip the euphemisms. I know which way east is. <laughs> <laughs> Shaft. <it. laughs> what I gotta look up euphemism. Euphemism. It's just uh, like a fancy way to say something. Well, it's just flashy. A, 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 a pleasant term to substitute a blunt one. Uh, so he said, "Land of the rising sun." When he could have just said, "East." Mm. Oh, that's that's like that undertone, man. Don't get me started, bro. That's like the undertone, huh? Yeah. The undertone racism is really what you're talking about addressing, huh? Mm-hmm. You said that euphemism style, huh? <laughs> yeah. No, you're that's really what it euphemisms. is, huh? The, the like the undertones. Some of it, yeah, it can be used that way. Not all of it. Yeah. But uh yeah, we're here with Toby Wolf Black in the in the in the house. Present. Came to came to share his story and with that I'll toss it over to your favorite Indian. Uh, hey <coughs> Take oh, it away. Oh sorry about that. We get kinda sidetracked really easy. Um but yeah, why don't you just introduce yourself, tell us where you're from, a little bit about your background. My name is Toby Dean. I'm from Lamedure, Montana. Born and raised. Well, see, stayed in the res when I was like 13. Moved to the city of Missoula, Montana. Zoo town. Kind of grew up there. Kind of a big change from a res to a big city. Seeing all these white folks. Didn't know what to do. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, background low. Um... You know, I'm just uh, working, grinding, saving money, 
taking care of my little ones and also taking care of myself, man. It's kind of been my main main priority right now is making sure I'm good because it's been a long road, but it's all been worth it. So <clears throat> you said you, you, you grew up on the res until you were about, what, 13? Yeah, 13. Yeah, and then Missoula. So in between, or in, during that time, like, can you tell us where or how you were exposed to drugs and alcohol? Or did you see it around? Was it in the house? Was it, you know, your friends, parents? or? What? See, when I was younger, um, my mom did her very best to uh, keep me away from that. At uh, my grandma's house, auntie's house, too busy hanging out with the cousins. I didn't know what was going on. And probably until I came old enough to understand what kind of life she was going through. Then, then when I moved to Missoula, it kind of, you know, opened my eyes a little bigger. She explained herself. This and that. <clears throat> my dad was kind of a big alcoholic, too. So when I got to Missoula, um, you know, I was too busy trying to live the city life. And then... I was, you know, skateboarding, trying to do whatever, you know, kids did around my age. And then I'll say when I first actually drank, I like 16 or 17. And then, man, it just kind of escalated a little bit there. But skateboarding saved my life, though, man. I got to give it that, man. I just put my heart and soul into that. And then as soon as I got old enough, that's kind of where... Kind of did my own thing. If I was going to get caught drinking, it's probably going to be when I'm at least old enough to do it. <laughs> mm-hmm. So so was that like 18, 19, 20? And to be honest, man, I didn't, I really started pressing it until probably it was like 20, 21. Okay. Yeah. That was uh, really, uh, really anxious to go in the bars and see how that life was. And then once I was old enough to buy it, Man, it was this kind of downhill, but fun times there. Mm-hmm. And so, <clears throat> was it just was it just alcohol then? Yeah, we weren't doing any any drugs. I mean, or... I was smoking weed here and there, but I didn't really consider that a problem. You know, skateboarding, Missoula, everyone was smoking weed. Man, if you weren't smoking weed, you weren't cool, I guess. Mm. And I was definitely cool. <laughs> <laughs> All the cool people were doing <laughs> hippie and, town, man, hippie town for yeah. sure. And so, um, when did you think, like, when looking back in hindsight, when do you think it like really became a problem? Like, when was that those red flags starting to pop up? Uh, let's say probably when I got with, um, no, I think it was more of a, just a social thing. And every time I would go party out with my friends, I didn't know what blacking out was until the next day. I didn't know what the hell was happening. Then I always ask my friends, what happened? You don't remember? <laughs> I don't remember, man. I think those are the signs right there. Mm. But I didn't care, man. I was too busy having fun. Mm-hmm. Until sometimes it kind of got a little out of, con- I don't know, out of control. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we can all relate to that, man, because... That's just that's just what it does. Yeah. So you see, you started blacking out, and then, <clears throat> like, how did it progress from there? Um, let's say 
I guess what what you could do is like kind of walk us into your rock bottom then. And to be honest, I didn't really didn't really care about my rock bottom. I didn't want to hear anyone's story or saying that you you drink too much. Mm. You all this, hey man, I got a job taking care of my kids. Why do I gotta listen to you? What you know? How much I drink? I earned it. It's <laughs> mm. the way I looked at it. Yeah. Kids have a roof over their head. I got a car. I got a job. Wife's taken care of. Leave me alone. <laughs> mm. But you didn't, you, I mean, you don't, just despite all that, there were, there was another, like, some, other than blacking out, like, mm. any, any other kind of signs? Reckless behavior, probably uh, getting into trouble. Probably, uh, be one of the first ones to probably start some shit. Though, you know, I couldn't. Um, I was very prone to take someone. I don't know anything that I thought was you know offensive, especially being in the Missoula bars. Stepped on my shoe. I was drunk. Oh, we gonna fight about it. Uh, you accidentally shorter check me. Hey, I'm gonna ask you why you did that, man. All oh, this stupid stuff, man. I just kind of getting reckless and aggressive, more or less than the blacking out part. Um, <clears throat> you mentioned that you didn't really start till about 2021. Like, what was the reason for for not participating in those types of activities when you were younger, or did you? Um, no, man. Um. I had a really good friend named Dylan. You know, we did everything together. Um, of course, we were there at the parties, but we weren't drinking because they were too busy getting, you know, skateboarding, doing our thing. Mm. All the older cats, you know, didn't want us to drink. But we were around smoking weed and, you know, just trying to be cool. Yeah. And, yeah, I was I was around it a lot. I just finally took that one time to finally be like, all right, well, I'm going to try it. I'm old enough. I'm going to see how this goes. Yeah, no, I get it. And the reason why I asked, like Josiah talks about, like, he didn't really start until he was out of your parents' house, right? Yeah. <clears throat> and then, like, one of my best friends, like, growing up, um, probably is my very best friend, but he didn't start until senior year. Yeah. But it, but just from, like, those three examples, and, and I could be wrong, too, or not three examples, but Josiah's story, which he shared, and then my homie's story, like, I'm familiar with that one. But just in those experiences, people that started later, it seemed like the the, the progression of the alcoholism was quick. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, was that similar in your experience? Yeah, I mean, like I said before, man, like, if if I was caught drinking, you know, I was going to be old enough to do it. So no, yeah. one, no one even tell me, hey... I think you're drinking too much or something. Man, I'm old enough. What are you talking about, man? Yeah. I can mm. do what I want. Functioning. Yeah. Functioning addict, yeah, for sure. So you had it going on. You had a job. You had your family. Um, you started partying. Like, was there a particular reason why you picked up a drink? Or was it, like, when you look back on it, was it, like, was it a desire that was always there? Did you always know that you would participate at one time? Or... Was it like a certain event that caused you to go out and say, man, you know what? F this. I don't know why. 21. I'm going to go get a bottle. I'm going to go get a can. Whatever you were drinking, like, was it, what was it? 
be honest, I think it was just just to have a beer after a long work night, man. Mm. That's where it kind of started. And then it kind of progressed a little bit, spending too much money. <laughs> you know, I didn't really care about that. And then wife says, you know, I think you're spending a little bit too much money on your alcohol. You spent over about 200 bucks last night. And sometimes I'd be like, I really don't care. But damn, I really did do that. I probably blacked out. <laughs> mm. And and kind of progressed a little bit after that. Um, I had a little garage at the place we were staying and kind of uh, made my little man, uh, man cave, mm-hmm. couch, TV, you know, table. If I was going to cut down going out, I wouldn't have a place to drink. <laughs> but that didn't stop. I didn't do anything, man. Just kind of drank more. I was home. You know, I got my friends. I got my homies. We're having a good time. But also, I was doing it around my kids, and I didn't really, didn't really see that. Mm. Yeah. <clears throat> we did, I mean, I know I didn't. I didn't. Uh, I always kind of had that mindset of, like, I don't want my kids to drink, but that's exactly what I showed them. Yeah. Mm. Showed them how to do it, you know? And so, yeah, it's... It's weird like that because, you know, in, in right in the middle of it, we don't think about things like that. We just think about what it is that we want in that moment. And, like, for me, it was like, man, I, I, I want to... I, I've said this before, too. Like, I, I just want to feel something other than what I'm feeling when I'm not drinking. Mm. And But but for me, I, I started early. Like, I started, like, when I was about 12, 13. And then it's kind of funny that you said that, like, start later it progresses quicker mm-hmm. and i can see that because it when i first started it was just kind of every once in a while then you know like i could go to parties sometimes and not even drink i just wanted to be there like that fear of missing out oh yeah yeah fomo yeah. <clears throat> yeah so but then later on man by the time i was like nineteen twenty, that's you know there was already a lot of red flags blacking out hangovers hangovers mm. yeah things like that Waking up sick. Like, man, I remember, like, being in high school, right? Like, when I would party on, like, a Thursday or during a week, I could wake up the next day and go to school like nothing. Oh, yeah. sure, yeah. Early, yeah, too. Like, bro, nice. like, you know what I mean? Like, the hardest part is probably waking me up. Yeah. But I could go function. And so that's what you were doing. Then you were just, like, were you drinking every night or is it weekends or how did that it was? Look? It was mainly a weekend thing, man. I mean... Of course, um, the place I was working at at the time had a bar, and so I was connected to, you know, the business, and go there, have a couple of beers, walk home, and then either if um busy or something, you know, sometimes I would continue drinking, because I can wake up and do the, go to work on time, mm-hmm. it would do all that, so sometimes it was a repeated process, but... Yeah, I didn't really, didn't really pay attention, man. I was just having a good time. Mm. Well, how about, you know, when did it not become a good time? Uh, realizing what I did last the night before, probably, or uh, coming to into uh, the holding cell, yeah. wondering yeah. why, how I got here. <laughs> man. Yeah. Like, what were your thoughts, like, when you would wake up in a holding cell? Like, 
was there particular thoughts that like, hey man, I don't belong here? Um or you know, were you thinking of like putting the alcohol down or did you even Well the first time I was probably first time I came to I was in the holding cell. Hey, why am I here? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he's like, uh um don't talk to us right now. I'm like, What why? Like I'm kinda trying to wonder why I'm here, man. And then and then they'll come by and talk to me, explain what happened, why I'm here. And, you know, of course, I'll bond out. And then a couple other times it'll happen again. And then probably the third time is probably when I was like, no, you actually did something pretty horrible. You got into a pretty bad you know, fight. You ain't going nowhere. I'm like, man, okay. Let's get through this process then of going to court, book me in. You know, put me in my scrubs. But, yeah, I was, by the third time, man, it's probably when I start realizing, you know, what, what am I what am I doing here? But also, I was kind of, I knew what to do. Like, in jail, I'm going to go through the court system, plead guilty, do my time, get out, and do it all over again. Mm. That's, you know. So you kind of understood, like, there was really no real consequences to your right. actions yet. Yeah. But could you see, like, the progression of severity? Oh, yeah. Definitely did, for sure. It, I probably uh, realized it when I didn't have no bond. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Or it was too high for me to even pay for it. So by then, I just kind of got used to being in, being locked up. It's like, you know what? Yep. I know my bond is probably too high right now, or no one ain't going to either care that I'm locked up again. Yeah. Did you ever have that thought of, like, oh, it's just a fluke. I drank too much whiskey, or I did, you know, I just drank too much, and it'll be different next time. Did you have those thoughts? Yeah. Yeah, I I always have those thoughts, especially when I'm in jail. I'm always thinking a lot, man. Yeah. I should have done that. I should have just went home. Yeah. But here I am. <laughs> Locked mm-hmm. up again. <clears throat> How long have you been clean? Three years, June. Did you ever think you would have three years? <laughs> no, man. <laughs> no way. <laughs> three years a couple weeks ago, right? Yeah. Hey! <laughs> hey. Congratulations oh, on that, man. That's really awesome. So... <clears throat> Three years ago and some change, um, sobered up. Uh, what brought you to that, like, that realization? You're like, all right, I'm done. Uh, let's see. Well, <laughs> actually, well, uh, my second, uh, well, my final, like, goal round of uh, being in the system, I'm like, all right, well, <laughs> I'm done with all this. Like, well, when I first came to Billings, I was a year clean. Mm. But also, I was like, hey, man, <laughs> new town. Mm. PLs, they don't know my face. I'm going to see what I can do. Mm. And that's where I kind of progressed. That's when I got in trouble again, went back to Missoula. And then, you know, I was like, man, I got to do something with this, man. Third time's a charm, I guess, and took treatment serious. I asked for, asked to go to pre-release. I was like, I need something to, you know, 
start off. I can't just get out of treatment and go hit the streets with nothing. You know, mm. I'll probably go right back to drinking again. Because I know once you've been, you've been in the system a couple of times, you know, say your first rodeo, you kind of, you know how to answer those questions. You know how to give them the right answers, you know. And it's just, I was just tired of that. I just was tired of, let me do my couple months here, go into the next stage, and then get out on the streets just to do it all over again. I, I, just, I needed a change. Yeah. And this this final time, man, I'm <laughs> I'm not looking to go back. I'm trying to just, trying to make a difference, mm-hmm. and so far I've been I've been seeing a change in myself, <clears throat> and seeing a change in just everything, man. Mm-hmm. Seeing whole life being sober, it's it's a blessing for sure, man, for sure. Definitely, definitely. <clears throat> I can see, I mean, when you said you're just tired of it, like, man, it just took me right back to, like, when I was like, man, I'm done, man. There has to be something better. Yeah. Right. You know, there, this can't be a life. This can't be life, like, where I'm just fixated on getting my next half a gallon of vodka. You know, for me, that was what it was. It was like, how am I going to get it? Or <clears throat> am I going to be sober enough to drive to the liquor store to get it? Do I have to walk because I'm too drunk, you know? <laughs> right. Like, that's what I was so fixated on, and I was, like, neglecting all the important things in my life. And then, like, I was just sitting there, and I was like, man, I see something better. I got to do something different. <clears throat> and then as I started thinking that, then certain things started happening. Boom, boom, boom. Different ones came over and, like, started cussing me out and blah, 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 you know, um, which projected me into checking into um, <clears throat> detox and stuff. So talk about those early days, like, definitely like, okay, I want something better. I need a change. What did you start incorporating? Uh, well, first it's just kind of letting, like, my close ones, my family, kind of showing them. I think they were kind of done here, and I'm, I'm done drinking. Yeah, yep. So mm-hmm. I was like, you know what, uh, I'm going to show all of you guys. I'm going to shut down, not talk to anyone for a while. Change up my whole friend group, man. Yeah. That was tough. That was tough for sure. And, I mean, I still, you know, stay in touch with my close close friends that drink still. I mean, by now, you know, um, I'm okay with it. I could be around my close friends and them, and them having to still have a good time. Yeah. It doesn't bring me back, you know, maybe I should have a drink with them. It What makes me keep going when I'm hanging out with them is them telling me I'm so happy with what you're doing man right like it's see you sober it's awesome yeah and just to hear that is it's you know it's it's awesome um because they know how how uh how crazy i used to be mm. not really crazy but how i like to drink yeah so that's uh pray cool. the worst one <laughs> <laughs> at least the loud one yeah. <laughs> no because like when i was like the end of my drinking days nobody wanted to be around me so everybody's probably happy to see me sober up <laughs> but can you can you explain like bro like can you explain like the process of you even knowing that you had the strength to be by your homies like your day ones because i say that like man when i came home like the house that i came home to had everything that i battled against What's but it was like everybody understood, like I, you know, like that I had a problem. It's um a little easier for me because 
all my close friends are in Missoula. Yeah. Mm. Billings here is nothing but family, new friends, old friends, people I drink with, you know. So I was that's kind of a little easier for me. I mean, I'm not saying if I ever go back to Missoula, I'm tempted and it's not going to happen. Yeah, yeah, no, no, I hear it. I think like I think like for me like similarly like Man, there were times like I was scared to come out of the room. Like, not scared, but like, no, I'm no, like, man, like, yeah. I gotta pray today. Like, man, I gotta be right before I even step out this door because True. as soon as I step out the door, one of the homies was sponsored by Montucky and dog. Like, they had, like, I'm literally about a four and a half foot high um, stack of boxes of full cases Cases-y. of Montucky. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I go into the, uh, into the, uh, the kitchen. And they got, like, three different bottles, bro, and they're, like, you know, somewhere, like, three quarters, one's, like, halfway, not the way that I drink. Mm, those will be empty. Yeah, bro, like, <laughs> in one night, you know, like, yeah. if they weren't done in one night, it was, like, the next morning when I woke up. And then you go into the living room, and then there's just the scattered remains of the night before. Right. So it was, like, man, like, for me, like, I had to be on point, and, and I think, like, my mindset was, like, man, like, I can't allow... The opposition, any room here. Damn. You're looking it, like Miklo, huh? No, like literally, <laughs> bro, like, because, man, I lived in the smallest bedroom of the house. But it was like everybody understood, though, my battle with addiction. And it was like I had nowhere else to go. Mm. But they, they would ask me those similar questions like, or, or say, man, I'm proud of you, bro. Like, you know, and it just that's what, like, your experience brought me back to. Of like literally like being like bro like I like like me close like man my back's against the wall I gotta have you know whatever but it, right. but spiritually for me you know mm. like I didn't know how to pray then I didn't know have a relationship with my creator then like I didn't have any of those but I used that time kind of like a time in a cave like a, a training ground and would you say like you had like a similar experience or maybe yours was like completely opposite of that or. Mm. I don't know if you're sure, man, to be honest with you. Um, <clears throat> uh, well, I guess, well, for me, uh, being in Billings was kind of, you know, a little bit, you know, I got um, in touch with my, you know, spiritual side. Yeah. I uh, uh, got to be home. The home was a little closer, you know, in Langer. Mm-hmm. Grandma was always doing sweats, peyote meetings. Trying to get my numbers up there, being in peyotes, you know, almost, well, almost over 10. <laughs> but being in Missoula, you know, I was away from all that, you know. Yeah. So the, uh, when I moved to Billings, I was like, you know, I'm going to, you know, get in touch with my spiritual side for a little bit. Mm-hmm. But also on the weekends, you know, go do me. But it's a little bit about drinking kind of, you know, meeting new faces Kind of got the best of me. Mm. But, yeah, <laughs> I still was able to, you know, sober up for a good week, go do a sweat, peyote, go hop out grandma, do whatever I had to do to make sure they know that, you know, I'm doing okay. I'm mm-hmm. fine, you know. Yeah. But I was, uh, it was in between of, um, I don't want to say being embarrassed that I love to drink. But they knew I like to drink, but they didn't know how I like to drink. If that makes sense, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. 
No, that makes perfect sense. <clears throat> so, did you ever like incorporate like meetings, like A meetings, any meetings, or anything like that to with your recovery now? Oh man, um, not really, man. Um, I didn't really feel like I needed to go to any NARA meetings, mm-hmm. but if someone was like, "Hey, can we go here?" I'm like, "Yeah, I'll go with you, man." Yeah, I'll do that. But I felt like. I don't know. Um, I've done so much treatment, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so when I got out, I mean, you know, I was like, the only right. one they're going to be going to is some type of like, you know, Native American style A and A meetings. That's it. I mean, but I was still open minded because that's one thing that being in treatment taught me was being open minded with everyone, you know. Mm-hmm. But no, um, it's a. Uh, and it's kind of hard to believe that I don't really need to go to NA or AA meetings to stay sober. Yeah. No, no, no. That's many that's, pathways to recovery. For yeah. sure. For yeah. sure. And I, and I think that's the awesome thing about now, too, is like not everybody's stuck to one model, right? Like right. we see like whatever works. And, and what's that saying? Like different strokes for different folks. Yeah. And I think like there's no cookie cutter. Yeah. Um, I've said it on here plenty of times where I said that like, you know, what works for me is not going to work for Randy not going to work for JC and what works for them is not going to work for me. And we just got to like, once we get that determination, like uh, this got, this got to change. Yeah. Like we got to reinforce that with like a lifestyle change. And I think you, you grasped that. Um, And you said you had all this treatment. You're like, okay, I know what to do. I've been equipped with all these tools. I better just start doing it. And you did. Right. And that's, that's awesome. Found what works for you. Right. Um, I think it probably all came together just because I was uh, I was ready to change, and I actually listened to whatever they were talking. Yeah. I just do my time and get on to the next step. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, that's good. You took off and ran with that. <laughs> that is good. I have powerful, bro. Like. So today, three years and some change, do you, do you celebrate your year anniversaries or is it just kind of like another day or you just kind of forgot about it? Um, <laughs> well, um, of course, I let my close ones, you know, my loved ones know. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, they'll say they're proud of me. Right on. Yeah, I might mess around, make a TikTok or something. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> let all the aunties know I'm sober. <laughs> all the aunties know. Come on, Uncle, man. Uncle is sober now. <laughs> Come see uncle. <laughs> All you aunties, come see uncle. He's sober. <laughs> Passing out bologna sandwiches. <laughs> the ones with the red straps, too. Yeah. <laughs> what? The, the red strap? Or the, the little red panties <laughs> on <laughs> Please don't call it a strap. <laughs> it's provocative. It gets the natives going. <laughs> The bologna with the red straps <laughs> and commodity cheese. All you aunties. <laughs> no, just um, just seeing myself happy and actually looking through like uh, my you know my snap memories, mm. Facebook memories of where I used to drink and you know all those. Oh, that I, I used to. I used to thought I was fucking cute. Now just you know, seeing those memories and how far I came yeah. to this day, it's like, damn, yeah, I, I made it. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm looking You're good. Doing it. Yeah, I'm looking Come good. On. Looking good, doing good. 
Yeah. I don't. I don't. How's your uh, how's your your children and, and and stuff like how 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 has that improved? Um, I mean, it's improved. Um, I mean, you know, I always made sure they're whoever they were with they were, they were good. They at least you know always had my number, this and that. But you know, I felt like then, you know, if they were trying to reach out, reach a message to me, you know, I would answer it. Like on my own time, um, but now um, I'm asking them: Are you good? Are you hungry? You need something? You need some new shoes? I feel like I'm paying attention to their needs more than I used to. It's kind of sad, you know, saying that, <laughs> but mm. you know, they're doing good. Um, you know, I got a good job, um, making good money. And I'm doing those steps where, you know, because they're getting older. You know, my oldest is 12, just turned 12. Oh, wow. Seventh grade here soon. And she needs a phone. She, you know, she needs a phone. So I've no, I would never do that. Like back then, I would, you know, I would get her a phone or something that wasn't, you know, just straight Wi-Fi, you know. Oh, yeah. But now, you know, you know, it's, they need to be taken care of. And I feel like. I have that power, you know, to do that. Give me a reason to stay sober and give me a reason to wake up and say I need to do that, do that for them, not just myself. For sure. And, you know, same with my son, you know. Uh, he's not, he's only eight, but, I mean, he still has an expensive style like his dad. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just thankful that, you know. He has a good mom that kind of helps out with that too. So, right on. Yeah, and I yeah, think man. for me, like, <clears throat> or even now, but especially early on, like those first few years of staying sober, be walking the red road, like seeing my kids benefit from my recovery, like you know, like that buying them stuff and like being able to coach them in sports or just be with them at their activities or go to their school and watch watch them perform at their little plays and stuff like that was just like so like that was just fuel for my fire for my recovery you know it was just like it just kept me going i was like hell yeah this is it man this is it i'm doing it um and it sounds like you know that's what it is for you too yeah Yeah. right on right on slowly but surely for sure oh yeah for sure and it like i mean there we've all been there as as fathers to where you know like I'll provide because I have to, but then right. there's a point where it's like, man, I, I get to do that. For sure. Like, I get to do that. I said, because now I want to. Like, I want to make right. sure you're okay. Yeah. If you ask me for a phone, I'm going to try to get you the best one that they have, right? Just because, like, like it's, it's a privilege. It's an honor and a privilege. Whereas, you know, like before, my kids are fed. They had a roof over their head. I thought they were fine. You know, just because right. I was just because I was in the room with them doesn't mean I was with them. Yeah. Right? I was mm-hmm. I was always somewhere else, and and that's probably the hardest thing to have to deal with is just a lot of wasted time. Mm. Um, <laughs> and they're grown; they're they're adults now. Um, but now I have a grandson, and. They said he needed some summer clothes, and man, I went out and got just 
just whatever. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. You know, like, man, I'm going to get, you know, he needs some, uh, oh, they said, he needs some sandals. And I ain't going to get him no sandals. And they said, how come, you know, how come you don't want to get him sandals? And I thought I was thinking, like, you know, like those Jerusalem clu- cruisers or whatever. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, I want him to be sissified. And they were like, this guy. <laughs> so I went and got him some, remember those uh, clamshell Adidas? Yeah. I found some, they were slipper, like, they look like Crocs, but oh, they're nice. Adidas ones. Oh, they're okay. The clamshell yeah, yeah. toes? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, those, man, Mm. I I had to get him those. And see, and that's what I'm talking about. Like, before, I would have never gave it no thought. Like, oh, yeah, here you go. But then I actually went out there and participated. Yeah. Not only in my life, but in his, too. And Mm. I I try to do that with my other kids, too. But, I mean, that's, like, yeah, it's it's pretty awesome, especially when you – when you think about like the the privilege of it and the fact that somehow some way you know we were granted the second chance right that's awesome man like i i can identify with that too because man kids they don't want our money or anything right like what they really want is is just us like yesterday was my 40th birthday bro and oh happy birthday <laughs> Hey, you like how I slipped that in? Yeah. <laughs> uh, everywhere I went yesterday, I told everybody my birthday. <laughs> sure, just uh, the rest of the month, man. It's my birthday. No, they got to change it. This month is my birthday. No, but I, I say that because like yesterday was the best birthday birthday I've ever had. Mm. I'm eight months, eight not eight months, eight years. Yeah, is it coming on year nine? <laughs> no. uh this yeah, this September will be my eight. So you got eight in yeah. February. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So eight years sober, but it's like finally getting to a point with my daughter. Like I only have one child; she's nine. But it's summer. We woke up late. You know, I, I got to go sit at in in my room, my little area. Called a couple people. Um, well, a couple people called and, and just told me. You know, my my inner circle. I was like, hey, happy birthday. Had some good conversation. About 10 o'clock, my daughter walked in, and she, like, took off. I'm like, where are you going? A couple minutes later, she came in with her with her cousin, and they sang me happy birthday, mm. you know? And I gave them both hugs, and, and it was just like a real lighthearted, you know, morning. And, and then about 1 o'clock, we went and had lunch. You know, mm-hmm. we went and had lunch with them. I'm like, where do you guys want to go? And they go, we want tacos. So I'm like, all right, let's go. I was like, you guys got money? Like, no. <laughs> so I like made a joke. I go, man, I'm with my two little broke best friends. Yeah. <laughs> and they were looking at each other in the back seat and they're laughing. But, but bro, just that experience. Because I remember like my first, when I got sober and my daughter turned two. And I only had her for like two months. All I had for her birthday was $10. Mm-hmm. And all I could afford was some ribs from pre-made ribs from Albertsons. Yeah. And one of those little carrot cakes. Mm. But I look back on my journey and yesterday was worth it. And I was able to have a conversation with my daughter in the evening. And I told her, man, like if I never straightened up, I would have never had to have this birthday with you, you know? Right. And just seeing like her be happy Bro was the best birthday that I could provide. Even though it was my birthday, it was like more like celebrating right. her and, and just having the ability to hang out with her, you know, and having real conversation. Um, 
and I'm thankful, bro. So it's like, that's what I love to see, like parents, man, like coming back and, and things may not be perfect, but they're better than they used to be. Mm-hmm. Especially as men, bro. You know what I mean? Right. Like, man, I really have a heart for fathers. And dude, it's amazing to see people like you come from where you come from and making the conscious decision like, hey, man, I'm here for you. That thing is powerful, bro. Appreciate that. Yep. Right on, right on. Yeah, that was a powerful story. And <clears throat> yeah, just like a lot of it was like parallel to like my my mindset and my own story. Um, just really appreciate you coming in. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, no problem. And so you're off the hot seat now. <laughs> yeah. And, um, <laughs> So right now, just want to give you an opportunity to give a, like, you know, you can jump on your soapbox or any kind of advice you would want to give to, like, someone that's, like, new to recovery. Like, you know, they might be a couple months or a couple days into recovery and they turn on this podcast, they hear your story. What would you tell them? Uh, it, um, it's um actually pretty awesome. Um, me being sober and people are... You know, they know how long I've been getting sober, being sober. Um, they'll come th- come to me for advice. And I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm, I've never been in a deceit before. Yeah. So, hey, this is what I've done. This is what you need to do or you should, probably should do. But before you do all that, you got to want to be sober. Yeah. It's not going to be like just, you know, easy. Mm-hmm. You know, change up your friend. And that's the probably the toughest one is change up your friend circle. Mm-hmm. boundaries for sure and just to give people like that advice and they're coming to me and asking you know for any kind of advice to how to stay sober or what should i do it's very humbling right <laughs> and that's um awesome feeling mm-hmm. but um have any advice you know it's sobriety it's possible and <laughs> it's really pro- uh, possible and um i take it day by day man and just look back on how far I came. Yeah. And how far I came is, hey, man, I got some stories to tell you. Mm-hmm. And if you're willing to sit down and listen, you can hear my story, man. And I kind of hope this is, give you a little uh, little snack <laughs> of mm-hmm. what I've been through. And, uh, yeah, man, um, just uh, take it day by day. Pray, pray, pray real hard. And uh, do whatever you are most comfortable doing to be sober and trying to push that negativity out the way and focus on the positivity Mm. because people out there are going to hate. Oh, yeah. Oh, he's he or she is sober again or is trying to be sober again, and they're going to (laughs) hate. I mean, that's just life, man. I'm. Haters gonna hate. Yep. <laughs> yep. They hate us because they ain't us. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. <laughs> hey, neck flaps. <laughs> <laughs> neck flaps. Yeah, like I haven't I done s- that in a while. <laughs> like I said earlier, I can I know a hater when I see one. <laughs> JC's a hater. <laughs> on hater movies. of the year. Hey, hey. <laughs> I don't hate all movies. I just hate that movie. We should have like an unspoken words banquet and give out awards. <laughs> every year, this guy wins the hater of the year. <laughs> Five times. <laughs> Ten years running. Hater Dynasty of the year. hater of the year. <laughs> 
Hater Hall of Fame. Oh, oh man. It's just a bunch of pictures of you. <laughs> I said what I said. And this year's inductee. <laughs> None other than JC Beaumont once again. I oh, was kidding. Undefeated. <laughs> Undefeated in the Hall of Fame. But yeah, I just want to say thanks for coming in. You know, um, I we work together like literally together uh, all day long, and you know we had a few conversations here and there. We talk about some stuff, but um, you know I've always been impressed by you know your work ethic and your your uh, your intelligence, and also that that um, you know you follow direction. I mean, there's just so many qualities that you have about you that I see on a daily basis, just in our work area. Initiative, you show a lot of initiative, and, you know, you don't complain. You're like, ah, man, okay, well, this is what we have to do. This is what we have to do. And I think that that kind of attitude, it carries over to a lot of other things, right? And so I just, you know, since the day I met you, I was like, man, I'm impressed with this guy. This guy's this guy's for real. I think he's legit. And, you know, to see you, you know, get those three years. Hey, I got three years today. And I'm like, yeah, hell yeah, I'm proud of you. And, and, you know, because, shoot, here's to the next 30, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so I just want to say thank you for coming in, sharing a little bit. What did you call it? A little snack? That's it. Hey, that, that's your new handle. <laughs> when he comes back. Yeah, when you So next time you come back, you won't be a, a guest. You'll be a, a co-host. And that's going to be your new handle, a little snack. A little snack. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you got a little for, snack in the house. Got a little <laughs> snack in the house. <laughs> but yeah, thanks for coming in, sharing a little bit, man. I know you know a lot of people are going to be affected, and you know, um, get a lot of positive things out of the words that you shared tonight. So many ahos, So with your, uh, do you do you go down to the skate parks here? Uh, no, man, um, <laughs> uh, they used to call me Toby Hawk back in the day. Oh, yeah? Toby Hawk. Shredded? Yeah, I was, yeah, I was sponsored in Missoula. Oh, dang. Yeah, I was really good. I, <laughs> I've, uh, I won, see, won my first skate competition when I was 17. I was kind of lucky because I was almost, I was, the next day I was turning 18. I was mm. in the skate with the big dogs, but I was still able to skate with the little guys and i was with my friends i remember that day everyone's name is being called i'm like man come on guys just go and then as soon as i turned my back i heard my name oh man that was so humbling man that was awesome yeah. <laughs> and then i opened up a little skate park out in uh kalispell or hamilton one of oh, the two wow. i forget and that was cool seeing people um, watching you shred the skate park before they do wow you know warming up for them <laughs> yeah. That's cool, but no, uh, yeah, I've been to this skate park before. Um, it's a bit different than one I'm used to in Missoula. Oh, okay. But Missoula got a lot of places to go skateboarding street, and that's what I'm into. I like doing street, but as soon as I got my, um, I knew I was going to be a dad, I kind of let that go. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. But, you know, uh, I was with my cousin, uh, Chris. We were skateboarding. Oh, I asked if he had another board, and he said, yeah. I, said, yeah I, got, I got another board for you, bro. I'm like, all right, let's do this. Let's see if Uncle still has it, <laughs> and I did. You know, I still had it, and uh, it couldn't do much because I had my uh, had my good shoes on. Should <laughs> <laughs> have just took them off. <laughs> Ouch. Yeah, no, I'm seeing more and more natives. Like I was um, each week, I was going down to Crow Agency and coaching a basketball team down there. But 
each time I went down, like there was the kids like just out and about skate skating. skating. Yeah, I was kind of like, oh, that's cool. I even saw Scooby Doo skateboarding one time. Oh, that's okay. I was hallucinating on Broadwater here. <laughs> hey, what? <laughs> He's going down Broadwater. He starts yeah. hallucinating. <laughs> I swear, man. I I hope I wasn't hallucinating because I saw teepee water. <laughs> teepee water. Uh, yeah, I saw Sco- Scooby Doo on a longboard, like, and not like just like a a mask or a head. Was, he was like full on Scooby regalia, all down to the feet. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> Man, I need to drive around with you more. <laughs> Bro, you'd be surprised at the things that I see. And it's always by myself, too. So, like, when I try to explain it to people, they're like, yeah, this yeah. guy. Yeah, right. 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 Scooby Doo. Right on, then. Well, uh, any closing thoughts from the Pod Gotti or your favorite Indian? It takes a lot of work to hate this hard. <laughs> JC. <laughs> One of my more memorable quotes. It's his motto. I just like to argue. Everybody knows that. Yeah. It's family Chris. <laughs> That's your family Chris. Hey, this guy, uh, he, he knows uh, the homie Jerry from work. Uh-huh. And the other day he goes, you know, sometimes I think, you know, you agree with me, but you just want to argue with me. And I was like, oh, now you get it. You know, it's figured, fun. You just now figured that out. <laughs> yeah, I love to play devil's advocate. Whether I believe you or not, it's still I'm still going to. I know. I, I picked up on that a long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> He's just like, I'm going to play devil's advocate and blah, blah, blah. And so I just let you talk. Yeah, so <laughs> just, just to get, just to get, uh. Just to get a row out Just of somebody. Just get a rile out of somebody. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> All right. Well, that's episode. And you want me to change? <laughs> <laughs> Keep being you, boo. Do you, boo? Do you, boo? Got me all twisted up in the game, boo. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so that's episode 138. Thank you for tuning in to all our listeners all over Flat Earth. We love you. We appreciate you. And especially, big shout out to all our unspoken words disciples. Keep spreading unspoken words. Gospel, Billy Graham style. We are out. Shinnick. Peace.